Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name's Coach Yas, and I've got a very special guest with me today. My guest today is Maxi Okondo and Bai. What's going on, Maxi? How you doing, man? I'm all right, thanks, Yas. Good. Good. Talk to us. What's the climate like over there at the moment, man? Currently over in, where is it, UAE? Yeah, UAE. Uh, uh, nice and uh, sunny. Uh, we're getting into the summer weather. Uh, but, yeah, I enjoy the sun, so... Can't complain too much. Don't miss the the cold of England. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm glad you brought it up as well because first of all, I'm envious of the, of the sun out there at the moment. But you know, let's talk about England. Let's talk, talk about your journey and where it began in terms of coaching. But maybe just a little bit of insight around who you are and what you do, and we'll go from there. Uh, so who I am? Uh, well, I don't know what the right way to frame it, but I would say myself. I'm a, I'm more of a People, people developer. Uh, so that might be players, coaches, um, supporting parents. Uh, that's that's who I, I think myself. Um, uh, uh, what I am. Uh, well, again, um, what do I do? Um, uh, this, this, uh, I'm them in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, just doing uh, football, really. Can you just about hear you? I don't know what happened there. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. Yeah. So, Max, just just tell us, you know, obviously, you currently are in Abu Dhabi. Um, people development, I think it's really interesting that you put it that way because I think whether we are coaches, whether we're coach developers, that's what, you know, a large part of it is that people development piece. But let, let, let's take you right back to the start of your journey. Then. How, you know, how did you get into this space? How did you get into coaching in the first place? Obviously, we I've known you for nearly, what, best part of 20 years, maybe. Um, and back then, you know, young, budding, budding young coach. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, how, how did you get, how, how, did, how did it all begin? Well, uh, uh, the journey, the journey of coaching uh, is, by, uh, I would say it by accident. <laughs> I find coaching by accident. Um, yeah, originally moved, uh, moved from my family in the UK um, uh, as, a, as a young player, uh, got injured, then from getting injured, um, driven back to school to study, and then through study, um, I wanted to be involved back in football. I wasn't sure what I really wanted to do. I didn't. I didn't know if I was. I was. Uh, uh, what really the football world entailed. Um, and then, so um, I, I went for my. Uh, applied to do my level one. Then when I went to do my level one, the teacher said that uh, for where I was in terms of my understanding, they told me uh, I need to go straight to my level two. So I went for my level two. When I went for my level two, again, coincidence happens. Uh, whoever was doing my level two offered me my first full-time football job. Uh, and then everything else became a dominoes effect. So I, I found myself in an environment where um, I had to stop uh, my, my studies to go into football full-time. Uh, then I was lucky enough to be surrounded with some really knowledgeable people and then the thirst of coaching just snowballed and then 
one thing led to another. Before I know it, I was in one club, this club, that club, and and that's where I've ended up being. Uh, so, so everything is, it just happened by accident. Um, so and for good reason. So yeah. No, I can totally relate to that. I mean, for, for me, you know, similar to yourself, kind of fell into coaching by accident, but for good reason in the end of it. What was it about coaching in particular that attracted you? Obviously, you mentioned that you know you don't you went into your level one, you then got pushed on to doing your level two quite early as a result of how level one went for you. What was it that kept you in it? Because obviously, talking about being a player, um, you know, picked up an injury. A lot, a lot. There's a lot of us who kind of went into coaching because initially for a love of the game, but that's definitely, I don't think, it, for me anyway, it's definitely not what's kept me in it. Because um, I, I barely watch football anymore, but I still love coaching and I still love coach development. So, you know, what, what was that for you? Well, I, th I think that has been a, an ever-changing journey uh, over, over a period of time. But I think at the time, it was, um, uh, well, well, actually, the reason why I actually is I thought I need to invest myself in 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 doing the coaching was when I stopped playing, my brother was playing, and um, the team that he was playing for um, those early days, he was he was quite athletic, quite quick, so they used to you know just knock the ball over to him and he runs on, and so. They were they were they were struggling. So they had uh, I think uh, at the time he was playing for just a normal grassroots club, uh, community club, and I think they were struggling. So every weekend he would come and you're like, oh, this happened, this happened. So I thought oh, I better I better go and get involved and see how I can help uh, with whatever little knowledge that I had. And then through that process. I, th uh, I think what sort of driving me in was I went there and then I started helping a little bit. And then the response of what uh, I was getting from from the players, but also the transformation I was seeing. So I think that in itself started driving the whole on. Maybe I might add a little bit more value in, in what I was doing. Uh, and then through that, that process, everything else led to another and uh, and then over a period of time i've sort of i think i would say probably evolved around what my interest is from the beginning when i started to where i am now um and so that has been just been a, a journey that is complemented with who i am the experience that come across and and the environments i've been so so that's what really uh, uh really changed everything so yeah most definitely. And obviously something you said in there is about, you know, the, the journey is ever changing, it's ever evolving. So I guess, you know, from looking back at where you started your journey to where you are now, how, how would you say that's transitioned in terms of what, what your focus is, has become around coaching? Because obviously for a lot of coaches, when they first come into it, it might, you know, if I'm stereotyping, it's probably they want to be the next Mourinho as an example. You know, they want to go and work at the top level. They want to go and do all of that. They want to do all the tactics and all of that stuff. But as we start to kind of evolve and develop in our journeys, we also recognise that actually, um, in some ways, we've all got our own lanes that we have to kind of fall into. Yeah. Uh, for me, where that's kind of gone taking me is kind of I've gone down the coach development route. Obviously, I know that you've got a blend of experiences similar to myself where you kind of you still do a lot of coaching. But obviously, coach development is a big piece for you. Where would you say your passion lies in that respect? 
Well, uh, and probably that leads me to uh, probably why at this moment in time, and that might change at this moment in time, I, I, I perceive myself as a people developer. Uh, because so my from my from when I when I started I was very I think I, when I grew up because my original background originally from Kenya so when I grew up we almost play full through experiment and I never never had coaching per se so everything I learned was through street and all that kind of, so I never no, no one really gave me the nuances of of the technical element that is so when I started coaching I got very obsessed with the technical element and and so I was very driven with how can I make somebody really be uh, have technical excellence and that's what drove me but then over a period of time as, as I started engaging and interacting with players uh, and realize, I started, uh, and, and through that, and I suppose because I come from a background of um, of education, so so uh, being analytical and being very reflective is a big part of of of, of my family. So so through that, you start to realize uh, certain things you are doing maybe is not suitable for certain individuals, or is not the right way to do. Is there a better way of doing things? And so, so that really uh, evolved my way of work. Um, so I would say, mm. in my sort of journey, I was more of, um, and probably that's how maybe recognize what my strength lies. So in the beginning, I was very more, more of a developer, and a uh, so I, I went, uh, it was less more about winning, and was more about I just want to make me, and then. And and everything has a place where it fits. So you you'll have the develop the you know there's nothing wrong with winning as a coach. Um, but I suppose it's supposed understanding where you, where you are and and uh, what groups you're working with. But earlier on, I realized because I was very more on a development route and our uh, the winning element um, something probably I wasn't I wasn't um, buying into too much. But then with different yeah, environments yeah. I've gone and I've been lucky enough to work in first team environments in the championship and stuff like that. That is another part of my learning that I need to I need I need to have to realize, oh, hold on a minute. I need to develop my winning side of okay, what environment and what age groups do I really need to push kids to drive to want to win? And what groups do I do I need to help uh, players? To, uh, to understand winning or learning how to win. So it was that is just so that ever ever changing piece sort of uh, has found has made me understand where I'm at and where my strength really lies and and getting the balance. Um, so so it's it's a very tricky one where I don't think most coaches know where they are. Uh, so so some coaches in the start of their journey, I've met some coaches who started their journey, they're more into winning and they do anything to win. Nothing wrong with that. But again, it's more them understanding, okay, that is good, but where does that piece fit at this moment in time? And then uh, you find coaches who, um, uh, who are more like when I started, they're more into development. Um, and again, it's understanding where the, that, that piece fit in. Uh, and then also that affects uh, the, the age bracket the, the the coach might work with because again understanding what's their strength 
and where that piece fits in and what are they passionate about and how does that how can that add value to the individuals they're working with um so again so the thing that is that is where everything is sort of fits in at this moment in time um yeah I think it's quite interesting you say that because you know when I think back to I guess you know when I first kind of met you in you know in the in the environments that we met in that was probably one of the things that stood out for me and probably really engaged me in what you were doing was the technical piece it's like you're yeah. so focused on those fine those fine technical things and obviously you've mentioned there that you know through your you know influences by your family you know being in education you know you're very very analytical in terms of the reflection and how, and what that meant for I guess your practice, if you like. Um, since then, obviously, you've gone on. You, you know, you, you furthered your, your your education from an academic standpoint, and probably sought after more of the the rationale, the underpinning of why things work, why things don't work, and really where these where the, where the philosophies and ideas come from in in that respect. Um, but you make another great point in that early on, you could be focused on that technical piece, or you could be focused on that winning piece. There isn't necessarily any right or wrong. But I think one of the key distinctions for me, and I, I often understand, is that those that tend to come in on it on a winning piece often have a, a lack of understanding, awareness, and even appreciation for how important that technical piece is. But also on the flip side of that, I think there's a lot of people that go down the technical side, and actually, it's not that they don't worry about whether winning is important or not, but they go down the technical side. And I think it's really interesting what you said that you never had a coach. But obviously, you learn how to play. So, wh wh where did where did the where did the first kind of thought come for you in terms of? Well, I need to study the technical aspect. I need to look at the technical aspect because, you know, where does that come from for someone who doesn't really who hasn't really been given that yet and hasn't really maybe been exposed to that in a, a specific coaching manner, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a combination of of things. Uh, uh, I think when when uh, when uh, when when I st when I started doing coaching, I think the internet wasn't as rampant as it is now. Um, but I suppose it was more of, um, for example, the, the the bit where where I found vintage was. So I was lucky. Like I played some reasonable good uh, levels and stuff, and and sometimes most I, I was in very good teams, but then it's is it, even within playing these good teams, um, you we were not having enough success. Uh, but when you look for player for player, from what was being perceived or being said, you uh, so uh, we could not understand. Okay, why were we? Not? So from an analytical perspective, we're trying to understand. Okay. Is it is it from a, is it more of a technical piece or is it was it more of a, a tactical piece or it was more of a, a combination as a combination of a social psych element? So there's all these little pieces that uh, at the time because you don't know what is what you're just figuring it out, and then you come to an environment, for example, England, where you know football is bread and butter if i can if I can put it that way and so so you, so then you start immersing yourself in um you know you know piece of information so so you're trying to fit okay that information where does it fit uh and then and then you know so then you start uh, putting all this together and then you you you're having the theoretical element but then you're also having the practical element so you're trying to put a combination of what the experiences you're having 
what is what is the theoretical element you're having and then you have the academic side as well so you start putting all these pieces together and then you start you start trying to find almost a holistic approach of oh that works that doesn't work oh this is why this is is or this is when you need to use this so then so i think those array of of experiences uh helps i think but i think the, the key piece um and maybe 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 this may influence more from again just from the from from analytic perspective i think it's more of is understanding why something is done or why something happens the way it does and then if i think if you understand that and then you have that with you link that with the knowledge and combine that with the practical i think it helps you it gives you a bigger picture um i think we we when 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 i, when I got into coaching it was it was either people were just using their experiences with lack of not really having no, uh, the knowledge that backs with it but it's just through experience and experimenting and people like oh, this what what works but people didn't understand was it working because it was it, it it was just gonna work out or was it uh, or was it working because the situation allowed you for that to happen, but it wasn't the right thing but then you are also the academic piece where the academic piece would give you the theoretical element of things that research are being done but maybe not in an applicable way so 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 through that journey the biggest thing i've come to understand in the world of football uh I think football is is a is a very interesting industry where the biggest problem we think we have, and I think that changes, we don't have a philosophical reference, and so football becomes a wall upside down. So there is too much opinion, this opinion that, and it becomes a big problem. And I think, and until football has like any other industry, we don't have. A philosophical reference because when you have an objective reference then the subjective application has has some reference that everybody agree to because if, if we don't have a common truth then it is very difficult to try to develop the game with uh, with everybody gearing to the same uh, otherwise, just become subjective, and then no one has any truth. And I think that is where the challenger. Uh, I think from from what from where I sit at the minute, I think where the football is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's such a great point. I guess you know the, the the thing that kind of comes back at me in my head as you're saying that is, I get it. I fully agree, and I, and I and I understand why you say what you're saying. But if you were to give a starting point in terms of what some of those subjective or some of those objective philosophical references may be, what would they be? Where do we start with that? Because the thing is, you know, one of the things that people pride the game, pride on, pride themselves on, is that the game is 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 a, is a beautiful game because it's made of opinions yeah. and because it's accepting opinions. And whether we agree with them or not is obviously a separate discussion. But I think ultimately, it's there's no one right way of doing it. So if we had to kind of bring it all together and actually co collaborate. Uh, in a way where we can agree on some general principles, if you like, what would those be for you? Oh well, I think the the, the I think the first and foremost is is just having a reference tool. So uh, the reference tool uh, from if we take away strip away the coaching and everything else, um, 
if if I if I had to if I define okay football from from very generic perspective, football is basically it's it is an invasion game. So basically, you know, I I am I'm trying to attack to score more goals than the opposition. Somebody is stopping me from um, from scoring uh, or preventing me from scoring, uh, and they're trying to do the same. So from from a very objective perspective, um, it is the and it, it means if I'm attacking, uh, somebody's defending, but at some point, if somebody's defending, somebody gets the ball. There's that element of transition that is the objective of football. So if I take from a blanket perspective of that, uh, the processes of of football, attacking, yeah. transition, defending then the reference point that is for me is probably our first reference point in relation to um uh, uh what a game of football is and then the, probably the next part of that uh i probably would say it's more of um the uh, you got you got your uh would i say team objective and then you'll probably have um, what I would call um, uh, you'll have the the individual tasks within within that. So from um, so if if you think the uh, the game of football in terms of layers, for example, so you if you think about yeah. the individual, the collective, the this the, the different sectors or units uh, or units within that. And then how those those intersectors link in with the technical element and the and the and the social emotional element. So there's this bigger aspect of football where and then there's all which brings the randomness. So the the, the complexity of the game is not as simple as as, as 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 sometimes as coaches we tend to do and simplify it in terms of uh, just small parts. It is it is it is bigger than um, it is bigger bigger than that. So so from that perspective, I think that brings in a different lens of of the objective references of how in my world uh, I would uh, I would have a philosophical you know application of the game of football uh and then through that is how do we how do we how do you, how do you teach the game of football attack transition defense which is the team function and then the team tasks yeah. within that so if the team task will be okay how do we attack and then how do we defend so in your attacking in a simplistic way if we are attacking we are either you know building up or develop the game uh, and the ultimate of that is scoring. And then if we're defending, we are ultimately as a team task to, to perform the team function of football is we're either disrupting the, you know, the other team defend, uh, building up, uh, and then potentially we are preventing a goal. And then within that, uh, the reference potential would be, so within the team, the team function, team task, uh, attack, for example, building and scoring, for example, you'll have the football actions. Um, so the football actions will be, you know, you are dribbling, you're controlling, all that kind of stuff. And of course, your scoring element is different ways you might score, you know, you shoot, you head. 
Uh, and then the football action in relation to, you know, when you're disrupting the build-up, you know, defending team action or uh, when you're preventing a goal. So for me, the game reference, that becomes the objective philosophical reference point. So then yeah, from yeah. there, then you, so from, if you have it from a logical structure of, of, of football and, and almost in action terminology, then that gives you a reference of where we can work in terms of, okay, subjectively, in this environment, with this need, okay, this is how we're going to apply, uh, we're going to apply, um, we're going to apply how we're going to develop the objective football reference, rather than just becoming yeah. an opinion, because it's just an opinion. Well, the thing is, it's interesting you said, and I, and I fully get what you mean, you know, in terms of breaking it down that way, but do we not already have that? Do we not already have an objective framework in, in that respect? Because, as you said, I think it starts with defining what the game's about. I'm trying to score, you're trying to stop me, you're trying to score, and I'm trying to stop you. Ultimately, that's what the game's about, yeah. right? And if we, if we go with it on that, on, that, on that basis, then that's the framework. So everything, everything that I do, essentially in possession, should be with the aim of trying to outscore you. Yeah. And everything that you do in possession should be with the aim of trying to outscore me. And both out of possession is to try and defend against that, essentially, right? Yes. So, you know, and and and, I, and and ultimately, you know, that's your principles of play. Yep. That's yep. why they're there. That's why the principles play over and get over and get invasion games. It's not just a football thing. It's, it is what the game is about. It's about scoring, stopping the opposition from scoring, and trying to um, be more effective during the transition from out to in or into out, mm -hmm. in order to either score or stop them from scoring. Um, and I think if you look at it from that lens, then everything becomes self-explanatory in terms of right, what are we doing? Why are we trying to do it? In the in the sense that. You know, you see it all the times where coaches are doing practices on uh, keeping possession. I, w I went to watch a coach recently and he, I said to him, what's the purpose of your practice? And he goes, oh, we're looking to maintain possession. OK, brilliant. I get that. But what's the purpose of your practice? Because you can't just be maintaining possession for sake of maintaining possession. It doesn't work. It, it becomes pointless um, to the point where ultimately, if you whatever you're doing, whether it's in possession, whether it's possession, whatever it is, I always view it as it's the topic in order to penetrate. Yeah. So if we're looking at movement, it's our movement in order to penetrate. It's providing support in order to penetrate. Everything has to lead to that, because if it doesn't lead to that, then it's not realistic to the game. Um, and people say, oh, yeah, but we've got to maintain possession. I, you know, I remember asking the coach once, why do you want to maintain possession? He goes, oh, so that the opposition can't get it. I said, that's not good enough. It's not a good enough reason for you to want to maintain possession because ultimately the bottom line is this. You can maintain possession all you want, but if they just nick it that one time and score, guess what? Are you still going to maintain possession? Yeah. Or are you now going to switch it up? Okay, brilliant. So you've agreed that you're going to switch it up. So if you're going to switch it up, why are you, why are you doing it in the first place? It means that you don't genuinely believe in the idea of what you're doing. All you're doing is maintaining possession for the sake of maintaining possession. But when you strip it back in the opposition and score first and now they're one nil up, you're not trying to maintain possession anymore. You're going back to what the game's about. You're going back to trying to score. So why not do everything in the build-up to, to that end, end goal, if that makes sense? Um, and I'm obviously, so, so I think that objective framework's there in the first place. I think the challenge we have is obviously that it is a game of opinions 
and not enough people, in my opinion, actually get called out for having an opinion which just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I, I think um, I don't know. Maybe uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know where I read this quote, but uh, uh, or I heard. But somebody says um, opinion is is the lowest form of um, lowest form of of, of knowledge. Uh, so it, I think it goes back to your point. I think the, the challenge we have in, in in coaching is it's either either people are, are very social media coaches. So somebody sees something that is exciting, uh, they do that, and then how they justify is my opinion. Um, uh, and I think that I think that is, and, and that's where I, go, I went back to the objective reference. Like sometimes, if we stop to overthink and just go to the objective reference, basically go team A, team B. The two teams are communicating verbally, non-verbally, so they're interacting. So and they're creating or destroying. So then you have those game situations, which is attacking, transition, defending. So those are the game situations you're having. So within defining those options of the game situations, it brings you down to the individual actions. Now, those individual actions, they are linked to a team, uh, a team function, which are linked to a team task. So those individuals are solving a problem. So as they play, the players are solving a problem within those game situations or game moments when they're interacting. So essentially, the players are communicating verbally or non-verbally. They are making decisions and then they're executing those decisions. So that in essence is what they're doing. Now, the two strands you have, you have, we need to improve the, sol the problem solving uh, properties and they need to perform. So those are the, so then that brings us to the role of the coach. So so when we are having them at training, what we are trying to do, we are not trying to fix the players. We are trying to improve the players around their individual level and actions within the game situations that we are defining. But then when they go and perform on, on, on in 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 their test moment where it is a weekend they're playing. They're trying to solve the problem, uh, which is the aim of the game, trying to solve the problem. Yeah. So, so I think the challenge therein comes in, and this is where I think the words are becoming upside down, and people start using the excuse of it's a game of opinion, mm. and take away the objective references of the game, especially because what is funny the coaches more than not as a principle they'll never disagree on the game when they're playing on the weekend the issue normally yeah. comes when they're improving the individual level this is where the issue comes yeah and this is where the issue is people lose the objectivity and become subjective where i'm saying yeah we need to be subjective with an objective reference. And when I mean subjective, yes. is it's in context of the environment and in context of the situation. And then within that is understanding what is the rule 
and what is the exception to the rule? And yes. then, then that. I think, I think it's, I was just going to say, I think it's a great way to put it because I think ultimately, what you, you know, in the way that you've you've, you've explained there is that we all agree on what the game's about. So how can there be how can how can there be any deviations from how we're trying to work towards it? Obviously, there's many ways to kind of to do this thing that we call coaching. There's many ways to do it, but I think we do need to agree in terms of what is the purpose that we're trying to do it for, not in terms of an individual level, but in terms of what's the end goal for the players. The end goal for the players is to be able to, like you said, solve the problems, but actually you need to be able to help them solve the problems that they're going to find and encounter when they get to the game. And I think that's the biggest piece here, right? It's recognising, you know, I used an example, and I had this conversation the other day with a coach that, just because you're working on passing with your players doesn't mean you're working on passing with your players in context of the game. Just because it has the action involved in it, just because the actual the biomechanic fact, the facts of you hitting the ball with the side of your foot and knocking it to someone else happens in the practice, doesn't mean that it's going to translate itself to the game. And if it does, there's going to be scales to that, right? Why would you want to do something that's maybe only 10% relevant when you can find something that might be 70, 80, 90% relevant? Yeah. It, it would it does just for me it just doesn't make abs, absolutely any sense why you would pick 10 over 90 i don't get it but i also understand everyone's got their opinion and they've got their they've got their views and, and whatnot but so i think it's not a case of telling people that they're wrong for doing what they're doing but it's just maybe helping people to understand that actually are you having as much bang for your buck yeah you're spending I, 60 minutes on this whatever you're doing and are think... you getting as much and being as efficient as it's possible yeah, I, I think maybe this, maybe the uh, the, the the two piece uh, probably probably, and I think from my from my perspective, uh, observing coaches and hearing conversations, because I, I try as much as I can to be, everything has to be objective, because I think when you try when you try as much as you can to be objective, then you know there's logic to everything. So uh, and yes, so yeah. the the piece I'm, I'm I'm trying to talk about here, people I think most coaches confuse. For example, if you talk about the action passing, for example, people confuse the difference between kicking and passing because those are those are two different things. However, the kicking action is an integral part of passing. Yeah. So, so, so it's the same thing. For example, um, if, for example, if so just, I so just on that really quickly, man, just for clarity, yeah. would you mind just breaking it down and giving us an ex a, 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 an example of what you mean by that? So I'll give you an example. So I, 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 again, I give some so a reference. So, for example, if I have if 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 I move my hand like that, and I'm standing on a wall, for example, what is the action? I'm moving my hand. Yeah. <laughs> but if I have a person in front of me and I do that, I'm still doing the action moving, but now it is waving. Yeah, okay. I see the reference I'm trying to have here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. It's, it's the, bio, the biomechanics hasn't changed. The biomechanics the has changed, but the context, because it's a different environment. So the one environment, I only have a wall and myself. So I'm doing that, I'm moving. So if somebody saw me, but we are not communicating, saying, oh, he's moving his hand. But on the yeah. flip side, 
if the environment was I have a being, I'm interacting with them. Yeah. The reference is now if I do yeah. that, I'm still doing the same action. They go, something oh. that's very subtle within that as well is, is to highlight that actually, although the action in theory is the same, yeah, there will be some sub some subjective contextual um, differences in the fact that you waving your hand in the way you ha are if you're facing a wall, and you waving yeah. your hand in, in the way that you are if you're facing a person, yeah, it's not going to be the same. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be the same because you're gonna you're, you're in in the initial instance, you, all you've got to go off is. The reaction if there is even one that you can pick up off of the wall yeah right but then if you're waving at a person if you start waving at me and i've got a straight face yeah. and not one that looks maybe pleased to be greeted by you yeah that might impact your performance yeah and how you how you now apply the biomechanics of that wave right yeah and ultimately that's that's, that's linking it to, to what we're saying yeah so, and, and so so, if, it, so if, if i link that to the action kicking and the interaction passing so there's a fundamental difference. Passing is an interaction. Kicking is just yeah. a mechanical action. So in English, they talk about kicking. So Yasa is kicking the ball to Maxi. He's not passing the ball. So if you if you if you look at the word the word in English, if I'm just getting the ball from here to there, I'm kicking the ball to you. I'm not passing the ball to you. Now, again, now, if we have to reference when we talked about team A, team B, they were doing the verbal and non-verbal communication. They're interacting within the interaction, action, the interact and the action we are verbally in the context of the sport of football. The other team is stopping you from trying to attack and Passing is an interaction of attacking. So at the individual level, I'll be solving a problem using passing as a tool to try to solve a problem in a game situation to try to invade, to try to score a goal. So if I, if I, if I, if I step that back in terms of a game of football, and this is where sometimes football becomes... Uh, a little bit, uh, I think we kill ourselves because we're trying to make everything very separated. So, so I'm going to work on passing. But when we go to the objective reference, the game of football, I just don't pass. I can either pass or dribble run with the ball. So those are the football actions, if I have to simplify it, those are the football actions I will be doing. So I can either pass, run with the ball, dribble with the ball. So when I'm doing a when I'm doing an activity, as an objective reference, those kids, uh, as, 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 as the rule, not exception to the rule, as the rule in the game of the football interaction, communicating verbally or non-verbally, I need to have an opportunity to do all this. Now, if I break the, the game situation, the actions I want to improve to help the players solve, at an individual level. So what I need to be highlighting is I need to be improving the action passing, not kicking, mm. because kicking is an integral part of passing. So if I need to be doing that, I still need to be able to A, give the kids an opportunity to, to use the other tools as an objective reference of the game, 
However, I'm going to overload the action passing because that's what I want to improve. Just to be clear, then, in, in, yeah. just to be clear in your in your in your I guess the framework that you've just provided around how to distinguish the two. Yeah. Are you suggesting that if the action of kicking is applied in a way where it's out of context from the game, i.e. if it's not in a game-like practice or representative of the game, yeah. and you're making a, the, the kicking action to, to interact to pass with myself, yeah. as opposed to if me and you were just standing standing aside, kicking the ball back and forth to one another, yeah. um, subsequently causing those kicks to become passes between us, yeah out of the context of the game. Are you saying that it, it doesn't become up, if I'm right in my understanding of what you said, are you saying that the, the, the latter example isn't actually passing, it's just kicking to each other? It's kicking each other because, because again, uh, like I said, so the, the subjective element I was talking about in, in relation to the reference, the objective reference is different sports. Because the way I kick, the way I, the action kicking when I kick a rugby ball to a football ball, to American football, it's completely different because of the subjective element but in relation to an objective reference because of the game we are playing so so when we talk about the logical structure of the game of football that we're talking about it's uh, in terms of how that sport is played attacking transition defend at the team task when the the, the the two teams are interacting the team a team b at a team level they're communicating verbally and non-verbally within that at the team task at individual player level, they are making decisions through their communication, the verbal or non-verbal. And then within, through that, at the individual level, they're executing the decisions, which traditionally is what we call the technique. But at that level of technique, at what is what influences that, which now they're still using, for example, they'll be using, for example, if you talk about passing, they'll be using the kicking action, which is an integral part of passing, they need that my, the, the biomechanical element of kicking to execute a decision. So that decision is influenced by space and time moments. Because at the team function level, when we're team A, team B are interacting, team B is stopping team A in terms of the space time characteristics, which will be position, moment, direction, and speed. So when, the, when as, an, as an objective reference of a game of football, when we are playing in this subjective game, invasion game we are playing, the time characteristics uh, that are influenced are influenced not only by the, the, the biomechanical, the social element, the rules. All these influence the things we're doing. So, so, so we, you cannot take, you cannot reduce the training focus, for example, but you can simplify it rather than reduce it, if that makes sense. So I think from my perspective, how, how from, for, and again, from an objective perspective, the rule is that is the game, our job at training, for example, is to improve, not to fix the problem-solving ability of that particular individual where they're at. Now, within that, you can have the exception to the rule. Now, the exception to the rule, for example, 
again, subjective, in context, a player might be injured. So if a player is injured, then in exception to the rule, the game of football reference, attack, transition, defend, team tasks, they're communicating verbally and non-verbally, the individual level, they're making decisions. Now they need the mechanical elements to do that, still linked to the other elements. Okay, the exception of the rule for this in instance, for example, subjectively, we might rather than rather than simplify it, we might reduce it to basic football actions, not football interactions. Let's, let's, it makes absolute sense, and I, th I think it, I think it's a really interesting way to look at it. I guess my question to you is: for those, you know, let's let's go back to your journey, looking at how you you you, know, you became very analytical, very focused on the technical aspects to start with, and there's going to be many coaches that either do that or they don't do that, and some of them that if they do do that, they still won't understand and be able to uh, you know analyze and be able to effectively break down the biomechanical pieces within it. So if we go back to using exception to the rule in, in the way that you've just described it there how does a coach or where does a coach start with the understanding of what that action should then look like does that make sense to make it not only effective for the individual given the exception to the rule but also subjectively um you know catering for that for that context but objectively lining that up with the actual action that's expected within the game. I've got a view and my an opinion on how that should look. Yeah. But I want to hear hear what your thoughts are. So, so, so I think I think it helps because now I'm I'm talking with my my biomechanical knowledge. I'm talking with my understanding of the game, understanding the technical elements. Now, when it if we talk about the technical element. When somebody says somebody is technically excellent, it means the ability of the individual, for example, if it, let's talk to passing, because passing is, is probably the easiest one that most people use. Uh, we could talk about dribbling the same. Uh, it could talk about defending. We could talk about, but uh, again, it's always funny, people always just do the passing and the dribbling, but this could be even the defending action. Uh, it's so funny how, when they go back to trading, you know, it's always the attacking piece that is always more for the not reduced. But anyway, not to the, the to the point. If I'm doing action, for example, if I'm doing the interaction passing, the ball needs to go to point A, from point A to point B at the correct time, at the correct speed, in the correct direction, at the correct moment. So how I do that, I could get point the ball point A because remember, if I go back to the objective reference, attacking, somebody's stopping me. So in this particular moment, in this particular position, in a particular direction, in a particular speed, I might have to use the toe of my foot for the ball to get. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlay, 
plays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Point A to point B. But then, in a particular moment... I need to get the ball from point A to point B using the side of my foot or the outside of my foot. So I'm still using the action kicking, but there is a variability of the decision I'm trying to make because I need to interact with my teammate to try to solve a problem because there's somebody stopping me to get the point. So then in that context, it is not it's, it's, there's no an ideal way. The ideal way is to get the ball there in the correct moment, at the correct speed, in the correct direction, for the correct person. Now, again, this would be, so again, it goes back to, so from the objective perspective, the game is, I need to invade your territory to create a goal, to, to score. That's the objective. The subjective elements is now, okay, how, as a style, are we going to do the interaction within our team to attack? To the, now, I could do direct. I could do possession. I could do different ways. Now, the tactical element, because, the, because tactics is just about interaction. That's what tactics is. So how do we align your thinking and my thinking so that Whatever action you're going to do on the ball and my action off the ball align to meet, it becomes a decision making. And that's, that's where it becomes the forward ability that is aligned to the tactical element. So the tactical element, that's where it becomes subjective in an objective reference, because yes. this is how we're going yeah, to do it. Still the same. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I, I, think, I think there's something that's really interesting. I, I totally agree with it, by the way, is that. And I say this to you know coaches all the time that like, why does it matter to you how they achieve the task as long as they've achieved the task that you set them? <laughs> and you know, as an and, and with everything that you tr- you try and achieve, there's going to be objective and subjective technical factors, right? Yeah. Um, not just down to the biomechanics of the human the human interaction, but actually the subjective factors to the, so the objective factors of the environment itself and the and the, and the equipment involved. So, i.e., you know. I've got a football. If I wanted to travel forward, well, it's not going to happen if I hit it left or left or right side of the football. I have to hit the back of the football to make it travel forward. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, right. Um, yes, you can be creative if you want, and you try and figure out a different way of doing it, putting spin on it, and all these other ways. But the bottom line is, if we go back to the basics, it's hitting the back of the ball makes it go forward. You hit the but you hit the you know the back of the direction you want it to go in, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Um. Now, whether I hit my hit the ball with my foot, with my bum, with the toes, with the elbow, whatever, if I hit that part of the ball, it's moving in that direction. That's just physics. Yeah. So let's start with that. Let's help players understand that you know the, the objective technical factors which exist within every one of these actions yeah. to then support them making those interactions that you talked about. Um, but then also has to be done within context. You're using the objective framework of the game, which is obviously you're trying to score, I'm trying to stop you, and vice versa. Yeah. Everything, in my opinion, I, I mean, I, I, it becomes very simple. 
you, you the game has become so simple if you look at it from that perspective. And I actually remember when um, when I first started coaching, and then when I got to a point within you know where where, where I started to view the game in that way, yeah. it was like I started to question so many things that I'd seen. Well, why would you do that? It's got no reference to the game. It's it's doesn't it doesn't align itself into what the game's asking you to do. So coming back to the point that you were making earlier around, we want them to become better problem solvers, yes, but we want them to be able to solve the problems that they're going to occur or they're going to encounter within the game itself. What's the point of me giving problems that you're never going to face? Yeah, that's not going to prepare you to face the problems that you're then going to face. So let me try and prepare you for the problems you are going to face, right? Which yeah. then brings me on to my, my my next question is uh, and the controversial piece. What are your thoughts on the rondo? Well, it is, uh, yeah, well, well, it's 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 on research. It shows uh, Rondo's there is uh, there is uh, less decision making, for example, because from from this conversation we're talking about here, the simplicity part of element, we, we just just the definition of football. Football is about communication, decision making, and executing the decision. It's just basically those three things. That's what football is about. If if I want to, I want I want to I want to I want to define football in a different way. If I take away, if attacking, transition, defending, basically I communicate when I'm attacking, when I'm transitioning, when I'm defending, and then once I communicate, that could be verbally or non-verbally, within the rules of the game, um, within this the, the social psych uh, elements that are, are, are present at that particular moment. That allow uh, that allow, allow allows us to play the sport. So, in essence, they because of the way the game is, and and uh, I'm sure no one can disagree. There's a lot of different things and different conditions that happen in the game. So the game starts at very random. So you're having different things, different conditions. So within that, they're making the they're constantly communicating making decisions and executing the decisions of these different things, different conditions. Now, what happens uh, we, we, uh, with the coaching, what we do is we get players to do same things in the same conditions, uh, which is not the rule, objective reference. The objective reference is random. Now, if we want to help the players to solve the problem of what the opposition is giving them, or if we want to help them better communicate from a tactical perspective to solve the problems, then we need to rather than reduce a reduction, uh, reduction element, we need to simplify and give the players same things, different conditions. So, because that's the aim of training, the aim of training is to try to improve the different abilities because the, all the players are not going to be the same. Even at Man City, when you have De Bruyne, he is of a different ability to those other superstars. So, you are trying to improve the football ability. And when I say football ability here, what I mean is the ability to be able to communicate decide and execute that is the football ability so being able to use the position moment direction and speed the space characteristics of communicating deciding and executing 
And at the level of deciding, I'm deciding is, is it the level of what in relation to the team and at the level of tool, what tool am I going to use to meet the team objective? So, so that is the vulnerability that we are actually trying to improve. So, if that is the case, it's, it's, it's then decision making piece, right? Around yeah. Application of exactly. So, so, it, so, so what the tools are available. Yeah. So, 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 and because we we know the different things would be the different tools, for example, different conditions would be, for example, there will be passive press, there will be a full press. There will be, you know, there'll be, uh, there'll be a medium press, wherever that might be, because those are different conditions that I need to make a decision. So if I'm, we go back to the 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 the, the football basic football action kicking, that you you need to do the football interaction passing, those different conditions that will be very random that we not cannot control in a game, we want to try simplify and control the randomness to give the same things to improve a particular a particular thing of the different things but still giving different conditions which becomes the variability now within that you can have different layers of of how you can you can you can you can have simple controlled games that progress to very com complex control games that still align with the complexity of the game. So if I oversimplify the training, really the full, the, 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 the exercise or, or the starting point is the football characteristics, which will, will be the rules of the game, ball, opponent, and potentially a teammate should be always present uh, and the resistance of that is the time and space because it is the time and space that you say the ability of a player so if kevin de bruyne has minimal time the time and space resistance he can execute under limited time because he can communicate with the environment the defender is closing him the teammates are running it links up with a tactical element he executes it using quote unquote the technique. We say the brain's ability is of a high level. Of a different player playing in, you know, in, a, in, a, in the conference south, if you give them the same situation because their ability to communicate with the, with the time and space resistance is they cannot, they're, they're, not, they're not quick enough to be able to communicate verbally and non-verbally and interact with the time and space resistance, then we say the ability level is lower. Mm. And so the, the beginning and the most simplest match form of the game, if I had to say. Well, I think even within that, right? Yeah. I think it's important to highlight even within that, there's obviously other subjective factors we need to consider. So you talk about your time and space and your ability, right? Yeah. Um, it's not just the time and space, but it's the time, space, and the interaction of the individual who's impacting on that. Yeah. So as an example, you know, let's use Kevin De Bruyne as an example, as you just mentioned it. You know, if he's trying to make a, if he's trying to receive and then, and, and then uh, perform a passing interaction within said time and space, actually the time and space is not only 
time and space because it, I think that can be misconstrued. It's time and space in relation to the fact that actually it's uh, Vincent Company pressing him or is Van Dyke pressing him. Yeah. And and I guess the, the subjective variability of that too, because how a company might press you, how a uh, Van Dyke might press you, even on a high press yeah. or a low press or, or, or a mid, mid press, whatever you want to look at it as, that there's going to be subjective differences based on their individual differences too, right? Yeah. And it's not just time and space. It's time space consideration. Time yeah. space consideration meaning, right, is it against a six foot three player or is it time space, same time and space against a, a six foot one player? At, and obviously you're going into the minute details now, but these are obviously factors which need to be considered as well. Because sometimes what you see is, and especially I've seen it in my experience, especially in a coach development capacity, where it's almost a practice has been set up, but a practice has been set up with specific players in mind. Therefore, there's no variability in the practice to allow it to exist and occur and support the development, understanding and interactions of those who are maybe not at that same point, yeah. or maybe even players who need to be at a further point. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you talk you know, about the, the use of variability and even within, within the element of practice design, yeah. you know, I challenge coaches to think, right, if we're, if we're giving a quote-unquote progression, is it actually a progression? What what, did, what constitutes it to be a progression? And a progression isn't saying, oh, well, we're going to go from passing on our right foot to passing on our left foot. That's not, and it's not, it's not a progression. Yeah, For me, that's I, just a variation. A very, I, I, I think, and I think maybe maybe a, di a different way of, um, um, of of putting it because if 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 again if strip away and take the coaching hat off. When 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 we look at a game, you know, when we say in quotes somebody makes a bad pass. Now, is the bad pass will be, for example, he's trying to get the ball from his teammate A to B, but then somebody intercepts the ball. So it is always gonna be a timing issue, and the timing and the space characteristic issues are always be the position, moment, direction, and speed. Those are the only things you're going to work on. So if, if I link back to the objective reference, the communication, the communication, uh, communication element, what at the team level, based on the team intention. Now, this where now the subjective element in, 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 in reference might be different because the team intention for this coach A, our team intention is we want to try get the ball from A to B on the ground. Another subjective perspective, we want to get the, the, uh, the ball from A to B. However, my, my subjective perspective, we want to get it in the air or on the floor, it doesn't matter. So again, that is the nuances that come in. And then as you're making that communication or that interaction that the players are making at team level or team intention, they make a decision of what at the individual intention. So my intention as an individual. And then the next layer of that becomes the decision making at the level of how. Okay, so how am I going to do that interaction, the passing or the dribbling? But then the next layer of that would be the decision making at the level of how in relation to the position, moment, direction, and speed within the chosen football action. And then that's when the execution, the execution comes in at the level of how, which is the funeral behavior. 
So that's when you start seeing the behavior of what those players do. So we start saying, oh, Kevin Barrea, he's really good at passing. Oh, Messi is good at dribbling. Because that is the football behavior, which will, again, that links into other things that probably might require another podcast, but in terms of game insight uh, and game and all of a sudden, it's a different, it's a different. So when we talk about a poor football technique, it does not mean executing the wrong football action. It might just mean dribbling instead of passing. Mm. Or when you talk about a poor football technique, means the incorrect execution of the chosen position, moment, direction, and or speed within the chosen football action. So that's when we talk about- And I about, think it's really important that you highlight that as well, because that incorrect execution part, if I was to look at it from the framework which I used to kind of observe it, I would say typically is this incorrect execution, more often than not, it's down to the objective um, factors affected by physics rather than the subjective factors considered by the individual, if that makes sense. So you might have hit the wrong part of the ball as opposed to using the wrong part of the foot, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's probably probably the biggest the biggest factor in terms of the the, the breakdown in application and execution of, of the action but it's mm. also recognizing that you know just because an action has been executed by the player on the ball doesn't mean it's the effective action for the player who's receiving the ball to exist uh, yeah. on the other end of it yeah and i think that's just as important to highlight and i think that's where sometimes people misunderstand that or you know there wasn't a pass or well, the pass wasn't good enough actually no the pass was just fine the run what the run wasn't effective enough yeah, uh, uh, and, and and so I suppose, yeah, that that's affects, and this, this I think, you know, that's where the, the element of the art and the science comes in, because you have to have, as a coach, it'd be good to have an understanding of the scientific element of the biomechanics and every other thing, the, so, the social psych, how that links in. How does the brain work? All that kind of stuff. You got, you got to be able to have an understanding and, and, and if better, a deeper understanding of that. But then the art comes in of how do you merge the scientific element and understanding to be able to help the players uh, improve their so problem solving capacity to be able to perform uh, on the given task. So and so that probably that links us to in terms of um, from a coaching perspective because because that's the, the the whole point of, of the people who are on the grass. It is. I know the mechanical biological mechanical uh, framework of okay how do the biomechanics work for example if we're gonna do the the action kicking. I also have the objective reference okay what's the game of football. So it's get from A to B, we are talking, for example, or wherever that might be. Now, having this underpins how I interact with the player. So from my perspective, we need to have an action review process because if if objectively we've, we've identified that so long as the ball gets point A, point B, there's not an ideal way of that ball is to get there. It needs to get there in time then the action review process if for example we are talking about in the context of a poor football technique in in regards to execution of 
the incorrect execution of the chosen position moment, direction and speed within the chosen football action. So then I might, we might ask the player, oh, Maxi, oh, talk to me, what did you see? Oh, uh, oh, so from there, they might tell you what they saw and then, then they might be, okay, uh, what, options, what options did you have? Or, okay, why did you decide to do that? Then that helps you understand, is it the, the incorrect execution of the chosen position, moment, direction, and speed, or is it the wrongful action in relation to the, 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 the what at the team level or the team intention? So, so I think it is important. Yeah. No, so, so, so I think the so in terms of when we are when we are when we are working with the players, I think the of course there is there is moments where uh, through the action review process, if the, the player has no prior knowledge and they don't know, then the coach gives the players the information. However, the starting point needs to be to find out from the player's perspective in terms of, okay, what is their knowledge and what they're trying to, and then you use their scientific understanding of how to help them. So if we go back to trying to help the player, for example, there's, if we are telling the kids, uh, for example, this is how I want you to do a Crafton. Now the question is, is it how you want to do the turn, or is it what the kid can do? Because the or, kid might have seen it. That, it's like, so whether it's the right thing for the moment, right? Exactly. Because so, as an example of that, Cruyff turn as an example, one of the key things is, well, if you do a Cruyff turn with your right foot, yeah. well, you turn into your left. And if you do a Cruyff turn with your left foot, you turn into your right. Now just because you're right foot, it doesn't mean you should do the Cruyff turn with your right foot because actually you might end up in more problems than not. Yeah, because 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 then that links in with the poor football technique. So the chosen position. So in this position, where I am, my position, the position of the defender. In this particular moment, the direction at which I arrived and the direction at which the defender arrived and the speed at which they arrived, maybe and. This is maybe we might need to in this variability we might need to adjust it like this. So we are solving the problem within that chosen execution. Now, and, and sometimes I think as coaches we conflict between a poor football decision and a poor football technique. Because when you talk about technique, yeah, you are talking about you're talking about you're talking about because the only things you always talk about football will always be position, moment, direction, and speed in every aspect. So, at what position do I position myself to receive, or at what position do I choose the execution of the of the chosen action, and in what position am I gonna, for example, touch the ball? Is it, if, if I have the ball, for example, nose, chin, forehead, at what point in, in terms of reference? So in what position am I gonna hit the ball? Do I need to hit at the top so it gives a spin? Do I need to give it 
I need to hit the chin to give you a, a backspin? Do I need to hit the nose so it is it is it, it just goes smooth with no spin? At what position do I hit the ball? And it, at what moment? Because this will be related to the moment of my teammate, the moment of the defender. So in, in, in half a year, is, is, the, is the defender in line with my teammate? Or is my teammate slightly a yard behind, so I might give it a, a spin? So there's all this variability, but the micro elements that link in again with the, the psych and social element, you know, we are losing, you're not losing. All this stuff are linked in. So you, so it is, it, it, it is unfair for the players if everything is being reduced to just do kicking action, and I'm telling you we are passing, and then I expect you to go in again to have success when, when they go in the game, the variability goes from 0% to almost 100%. So I guess on, on that then, what are your thoughts on coaches who are doing quote-unquote unopposed ball mastery practice? Because for me, I, I, for me, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, and I say I, I think it's not. I understand why coaches would do it. I understand it, and it's not to say I don't understand it, but I did. I don't. Rather, I understand the rationale behind why coaches would do it. Yeah, but I don't understand why he would do it. It, it, it goes back to what I was talking about, the rule and the exception to the rule. So, um, so for the players, I think for the you you need to have, you you need to have for performance stabilization, you need to have specificity um, in everything we are doing. Uh, because it has to be objective reference. Now, we, we, in a very funny way, uh, you talk about the unopposed, unopposed. I think there is a place for everything. There's a place for unopposed. There is a place for opposed. Now, there's the layers to this. Uh, one, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about uh, efficiencies of time. I will talk about the objective reference of the game. I could talk about. Um, I could. I could talk about the age where the kids are. So there's all these elements that might need to be considered. Now, from my perspective, what I would tell you, uh, well, environment I'm in at the minute. Um, so the groups we are working with, we have kids who are seven, and we've never done an opposed practice. We've never done in whether we're doing a football action passing or football action dribbling. Uh, we've never done an opposed practice. Now, uh, again, this again, if I go back to the objective reference, we would, uh, from from the beginning we talk about if football is about communication, the verbal, non-verbal, and then when I communicate, I need to make a decision. And once I make a decision of 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 what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it, and then execute it, then logically it tells me the fundamental skill is decision making. So I need to know. Uh, I need to, I need to know as a fundamental and a core skill. I need to be able to execute. 
the chosen football action, dribbling or passing, for example, within the chosen position, moment, direction, and speed, I've got to be good at that. That becomes a fundamental ingredient and a core skill than the basic mechanical action kicking, for example. Because if I re re zoom out and, for example, we take players who do juggling, I guarantee you there are players who can do juggling in context of that environment. They're interacting, just him and the ball, but there's no one interrupting with that. They, I guarantee you, they can do better juggling, for example, than Kevin De Bruyne, for example. Mm, mm. But if I put them in a well, game I of mean, football... I, I, yeah, it's a completely different context, right? So this is the... This is the um, I remember speaking to one of, my, one of my previous guests and he put it perfectly. You've got the, you've got the difference between a, a jungle tiger and a zoo tiger. The jungle tiger will perform all the great tricks and they'll perform all the skills that you need them to perform, but they'll be limited to doing that in a particular environment. Yeah. Now, the technique might look more perfected, the technique might look more polished, the technique might look more appealing on the eye, but actually, it's the jungle tiger that you really want. Yeah. Because the jungle tiger will be able to perform these techniques, maybe not to the same proficiency in terms of how they look, mm. but in terms of the adaptability, the variability, the interaction with um, wide-ranging contextual factors, they'll be able to perform and outperform the zoo type in that respect. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 and funny enough, uh, we're, we're chatting with some of my uh, or some of our coaches, and I always tell my coaches, the best way, if you take if you strip everything out, the best way to understand. Are you doing right with the kids? Is observe kids. So, for example, you yes. go in a you go in a school at break time. I guarantee you, you go anywhere. And when I'm talking about this, as uh, we're talking about seven year old kids who uh, have the the co cognitive element have have developed because that's when they start school. So, so again, talk about the rule and the exception to the rule. When you go to school and you see kids, they grab a football. Have you ever seen kids, if you want to call them poor ability, have you ever seen kids go, no, 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 you stand there. No, 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 I don't want you to tackle me. Or have you seen that they're looking for a, a cone and they want to dribble around? I've never seen. And I've been to a lot of schools just to try to observe what do kids do when they get when they want to play the sport or the game of football and it goes back to how i learned the game because we were not having anybody to teach us but we wanted to play this invasion game we just got playing and through regular play we mastered timing the time and space characteristics around position moment direction and speed and that's how we got better. So, so if I strip it back, question I'm posed to the coach is, all right, why would you want to reduce this to how you want it rather than what the kids want to do? Now, there's a difference between what the kids want to do and you 
being the expert to realize, okay, you are not having enough success. I want to create a controlled condition of where you are within the randomness or the variability of of the of the spot you're playing. So I'm going to control this. Yeah, I'm going to reduce. I'm going yeah, to. Just, just, yeah, carry on. I was, I was just going to say, but equally within that, I think there's something really important to highlight. There is that yeah. it's not just why would you want to reduce them to that. Actually, yeah. why would you want to reduce yourself to the codes, the limits of your own, only your own perceptions? Because they might see something completely different that we've never even imagined. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, 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 I think, I think you know, the one thing I always look to do is, well. It's like the old saying, right? Seek to understand before you before you do anything else. Yeah. Look at what's happening in front of you. Clarify your understanding about what the players already know, what they do, what they should know. And are you filling the gaps in around the technical information? Are you filling the gaps in around the tactical information? Or actually, are you just praising and reinforcing what's already taking place? Yeah. Uh, I, th I think I think uh, and we can go in very deep layers in terms of you know, um, decision-making and awareness uh, in terms of, in terms of, because, and, 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 and goes back to what I was saying, why f f through the experiences, uh, and, and, and I've been, I, I have been that coach who, because like I said, I was a very technical coach and I went, I went through that, the unopposed stuff and, and, and through experience and, and knowledge and understanding and reading and research and everything else. I've come, to have an understanding of the disservice I was doing to the players and how much value maybe I need and ought to have added to them. And so if, if for example, we take a, a, a simple uh, subject like scanning, for example. So there, there is almost 10 measurable scanning behaviors, for example. So that is how 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 fundamental that can be, because uh, which sort of links back to the basic element, which links back to the decision making, where which which again links back to the quote unquote technique. So the ability to be able to get your eyes off the ball, with the intention of gathering information, uh, for better engaging with the ball, so I can I can do the technique. Which which. We call scanning. And then you have the layers of, okay, the scanning frequency, which is the scanning per second. So because of the, the, the sport of football as an objective reference, because team A, team B are communicating, they're interacting verbally and non-verbally, there is a constant, ever-changing time and space characteristics within the communication elements, teammates and the opposition, attacking, defending, transition. So the scanning frequency, this, the scans per second that they need to take the eyes off the ball to gather information. And then you have another layer of what we call scanning excursion. So this is almost like you talk about the distance from, you know, your, your, you know, how far from your mid position or how you scan. So there's all these different layers of things that you might need to got. So, so, so if, if you start thinking about the nuances of this, the 10 different scanning behaviors that allows to, us to reach to the point of the technical excellence we're talking about. And when I talk about technical excellence, it's not how it looks. It's the, the effectiveness arriving there 
in time onto the right person, onto the correct foot, in the correct position, in the correct speed, that is the technical excellence I'm talking about. Not of how it looks, not the aesthetic part, part of, of what we're talking about. Then it gives a whole connotation of how we develop if you want to call it technical excellence, and how we design our practice. Well, I guess so, excellence, the excellence is based purely on the on, on the execution of it, right? Surely. And I think another thing to kind of just draw back to the scanning piece that you were just mentioning there, I think, I think while scanning frequency obviously is important, I think it's also important to recognise that just because you're, and, you know, really to highlight for coaches to think about when you're asking your players to constantly check their shoulders and scan, it's not good enough just to check your shoulders and scan. It's what are they searching for? What is the variabilities that of, of the factors that they're actually looking out for? What are they understanding that could be an important variable for them? Yeah. And in, in, without in, the understanding in, and the clarification in, of that. Yeah, I think in, in I think in a scanning scanning world they call that fixation. So the things that mm. the the details. So they look but they see more. So 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 that might might link with the scan length. That might link with the scan direction. Mm. Then you can you can link that with the, the scan symmetry, so both left and right, you know. Then you can think yeah. of, you can talk about the micro scan, so the chain of many high frequency scans, and then you can think of the scanning timing. So there's all these different layers of of things when 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 they're scanning, because we, we all grew up today. You got to scan, so players are there looking left, like, you know, checking shoulder, checking right. But they, there's all those nuances that, yeah of information scans pattern recognition like as an example you know uh, probably an easy one to think about is is it may be crossing as an example yeah. if i'm if i'm crossing and i'm and i'm crossing from deep i'm choosing to cross from deep because i've recognized something yeah. i've crossed from deep because i've probably recognized there's a high line of defenders and there's probably a deep line of the goalkeeper yeah. right so there's a space in between so i'm using the option to choose to do an early deep crossing as an example yeah. it's not saying that this is a definitive but yeah. this is a very likely occurrence of what will happen in that in that situation. Yeah. Um, the same way as you know, if I'm if I'm if I'm doing a, a cross from the byline, well, yeah. I'm very unlikely going to put it in the near post. It's probably going to be a cutback towards the penalty spot and around that area, or maybe yeah. stood up to the far post. Again, yeah. it's not definitive, but these are the likely you know likely outcomes that are going to occur in that context. So I think it's record for players to scan, recognize what the variables are. Yeah. How many of these variables now now are consistent, which then create a pattern? And what is the typical outcome of, in relation and support of that pattern? Yeah. And I think if it's, it's how well are you, you know, how well are you equipped in uh, in your understanding and your application of actually then recognition of these patterns, if that makes sense. Yeah. Again, so, not to say that the game is definitive because it's not objective in that way, but what it is objective is, like you said. You're trying to score, I'm trying to score, you're trying to stop me, I'm trying to stop you. So everything should be based and referred back to that framework in, well, I'm not just trying to put a cross in, because this is what some players do, this is what some coaches allow. Oh, yeah, you, you know, great ball. Well, no, it wasn't a great ball, because it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. You just uh, put the I, ball in, you knocked it in the box. The action was there, but the interaction wasn't. Yeah, and I think that links back to the bit of the piece that uh, I said again. It's a different conversation, but again, it's understanding, understanding, um, uh, you know, evolution and other unhuman and human things. So, so all the things that you're talking about, those pictures, is what I'll, I'll call it at the first game insight. 
So the game insight are the things, so the game insight and game understanding. So when, when as a kid you're playing, and that's what identifies our, 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 our DNA. So you say somebody's a dribbler, somebody's a passer. That is our game insight. So through experience, when I'm playing in the backyard with my parents, I'm picking these recurring, recurring things and I'm, I'm, I'm finding different ways to solve that problem. It becomes who? This happens all the time. And now you start linking that with how the brain works and that kind of stuff. So through this, this uh, reference thinking and uh, and 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 so when it, like for example if and we want to talk about coaching because in coaching you'll either do reference coaching or you do situation coaching so when you're having this element of where okay so when you're doing um situation coaching you're developing exercises when you're doing reference thinking you're doing you're developing and asking questions within an actual review process so then that then that, that almost forms your package of you are coaching tasks of or uh, and how you're provoking the competencies and 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 so and if and if you understand the competence phases so you'll either have somebody who is unconsciously incompetent or they're consciously incompetent or they're consciously competent or they will be unconsciously competent or they can be consciously unconsciously competent and so the different level of players and understanding what the competency phases are is how do you use situation situation coaching and reference uh, and reference thinking coaching to help players with their competency uh, uh, to be able to help them maximize the ability to problem solve within a game. So uh, so there is very lots and lots of layers. Of, underst- of of that a coach need to understand uh, and rather than just go where we all been and I've been there where or reduce it to its individual parts and see something that I like on YouTube and go, I love that, I'm going to do it and forget all the other elements of competencies, the psychosocial, how the brain works, what's the objective reference for the game, all these little things that we need to think about as a coach uh, that makes our job scientific and artistic at the same time and very complex to make sure we are maximizing what our players are doing. 100%. I think there's so much in there. I think it's definitely, I think you're definitely spot on. You probably need a lot more time to kind of really unpack this further. Um, so I'm definitely open and looking forward to jumping on a part two with you. But Maxi, just as we as we look to wrap up on this one, because there's been so much insight, um, I think shared in this one and, and, and loads of points of discussion, which will definitely be food for thought for people. What are some of the key things you want coaches to really take away from this conversation and maybe start to maybe think around their own practice? Uh, I think first thing is um, is have an objective reference in terms of what is the game. So the simple question most people have never been asked is, what's the game of football? So that will always be your reference point. So if they, what is the game of football, how do I design my practice to represent the game of football? So what am I doing? Is it a game of football? And then within that, don't fall on the trap of doing the exception to the rule and do the rule. So the rule is to play the game of football. So can you design your practice for the game of football. And then the other part of that is understand why are you doing it? 
And within that an analytical element, it needs to be through the lens of an objective reference rather than, oh, it's my opinion. Because then that becomes a very low bar that we have a lot in football. So it has to be in the logical reference of the objective philosophical reference of the game of football. So if I'm designing my practice and I'm doing what I'm doing, it cannot just be, it's my opinion. No, it's, not, it's supposed to be a, a universal objective reference of the game of football. Uh, so that's what I would say. Uh, and all in all, you know, it's, 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 they, they, I think there is more complexity to everything else um, that I think that needs to be considered, that I think as a coach, I think you have to be very analytical. Uh, like I always tell my coaches, what I know now is wrong tomorrow. Just like, you know, everything evolves. So what I'm telling them now, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I wake up tomorrow is the wrong thing. So you need to be analytical and always see, okay, yeah. is there a better way? Because we all want the best for our kids. We want to add value to what they're doing. So what is what is so every single time you need to be analytical and don't be too too rigid in or I've always done that and become defensive is yeah. be reflective and be able to zoom out and be very objective and say, okay, if somebody's talking about unopposed, all right, objectively, all right, let's take that and, and have that in an objective philosophical reference. All right, okay. Where is the place for that? Why are we using it? And it why is in this moment? So why are we highlighting it at this moment? We need to do an, an opposed practice. In this moment, why are we using uh, opposed practice? Which links us back to the rule and the exception of the rule. The rule is the game. Okay, what is the game? And that's how I, that that would be my my message uh, to the to the coaches that uh, uh, that listen. On that, it's really, really key to highlight. I think it's um, look. For, I think for me, it's more, more specifically, look for reasons why today's thinking could be wrong. Yeah. Not to say that it is. It's, it, it's where you need it to be. But ultimately, you want to get to a point where, what, like you said, what worked today might not work tomorrow. Not because it, it, it doesn't work, but maybe what works tomorrow works better. And I think that's the key piece. So, um, nah, Maxi, really, really good, man. Really insightful, really, really thought-provoking in many ways. And I'm sure it will be for the listeners as well. Um, just want to say a massive thank you again for your time today. And I really appreciate it, man. No, thank you for inviting me. And uh, like I said, we are always glad to share. With this. Every day is a learning day. So, you know, even through the conversation we're having, you're always learning. So I think as coaches, we, we, we can never shut ourselves and think we know it all because uh, I don't think well I know I don't, I don't I, I, every single day I realize I don't know much um, so I need to be out there learning to be because if I'm a better coach then my players will be better so uh, and as for my role I think if I'm better my coaches are better it means the players are better and if the players are better the kids enjoy the game more and and, our, and, the, and the football as a whole becomes better so I think yeah, I think that is my my, my biggest play, we always got to be wanting to learn. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you again, Maxi. Uh, thank you, yes, and hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll catch you soon.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.